The Lean Braves reporting for duty to bring physical and health education with a noble purpose. You're listening to the Lean Braves radio show at theleanbraves.com. We are Avengers of Health. Welcome, Braves. I'm Ron Jones with Dustin Ripto from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we're the Lean Berets, and we're going to talk about real strength and real life today. Welcome to Lean Berets, Dustin. Oh, thank you, Ron. Good to be here. Yes, and it's the land of rain, I've heard, in Tulsa. <laughs> it is nuts. I think 19 inches is what we got here in Tulsa in May, which is uh, more than we get in a year, typically, by good margin. Well, that puts things in perspective. We, we had a little bit of rain here in California, finally, after years of drought. You know, I was thinking, Dustin— um, We've probably known each other or about each other for about 10 years, I was thinking. we, Our background goes back into RKC, kettlebell world, and also the Z-Health neuroscience education world. I think we met in person in San Diego. At, I think uh, so. Yeah, yeah our phase, a little physical therapy Pilates studio, long time back. And uh, I've been following your story, and I'll let you tell most of it, but... Um, just my perspective of you. I mean, if you haven't seen Dustin, you know he's he's a kind of a bigger guy and, and if you will, kind of a manly man. You know, beard and he's a guy to me. My connotation of you is like, you know, if we needed dinner, you could take a shotgun or rifle out to the woods and come home with something for the grill. And you know, this is this is this outward strength, but what I'd like to talk about is is the deeper strength today and i think you have something to say that is worth people listening to and you've been on this journey of uh uh, with your kidneys and i'd like you to talk to us about you know what's going on today and and how it got to this point and what you've learned along the way about you know what what's what's really important in life dustin awesome man Uh, thanks for giving me a chance to talk about this i think there are some lessons here and Hopefully, somebody will learn a little quicker than I did. I learned the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as my kidney disease goes, uh, I am kidney failure. Um, fortunately, I'm just a few weeks out now from getting a kidney transplant. But that journey kind of started back in 2007 after some wonky labs. I had a, went and had a kidney biopsy done. And from that, discovered that I had IgA nephropathy or Bergier's disease. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's effectively an autoimmune disease. I quite classified that, but it's effectively that. And um, and so I lived with that for a long time, just had to do regular check-ins, make sure everything was good, and, and kind of look for some solutions and tried many things for solutions and nothing really uh, really panned out. But that disease over time, you know, it's kind of erratic and it kind of comes and goes. But there's not a lot of folks that – you don't find a lot of folks with 10 years post-diagnosis because there's not very many people living with 10 mm. years post-diagnosis disease it is becoming more common they don't know why yet but hopefully there'll be some more research in that in that direction but you know i was stable for a long time and then um, got sick and then kind of went into kidney failure they're able to pull me out without going to dialysis or anything i recovered a bit and this was the early 2018 and then um, that may i got a tick bite and got rocky mountain spotted fever this is last May, and then it pushed me over the edge into full kidney failure again. But on the road to kidney failure, of course, with my blood pressure being all wonky and everything, then I had a issue where um, I had a little minor stroke, um, recovered from that, 
Um, so in one week, I had a, got admitted for that CIA. Came back on that Wednesday because they thought I was having a heart attack. My blood pressure was so high. Um, gave me nitro tabs, got me down from that. And then that Friday, went back into full kidney failure again. This was the end of July of 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, did, and then, you know, put the catheter in my neck, did emergency dialysis, and I've been on dialysis of some sort ever ever since. So. And they don't they don't know why um, this develops in? Um, there's a genetic predisposition for it, uh-huh. um, and but they don't quite know what it is. The IGA protein. This is this is very 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 uh, layman view. So like, sure. take all this with a grain of salt, of course. If any nephrologist listening, but the the IGA protein is a protective protein that's overproduced, mm-hmm. right? And so this condition, basically, I'm over always overproducing this protein, and effectively clogs up the kidneys. Okay. At, at some point, the nephrologist. So that's what happens at the end. And so they're basically clogged up. There's nothing actually wrong with my kidneys per se. It's just that they're clogged up with this protein, and there's no currently uh, no viable way to, to fix that. Right? There's no like so, uh, microscopic roto rooter treatment that you can take. They're, they're they're working on some. There's a chimeric drug that Mayo was testing that I signed up for, and that was one of the paths uh, not taken. Uh, some of the subjects uh, uh, didn't didn't make it, let alone it got better. So it was not a, not a good pass, but. Um, there's a, you know, there's some other things coming. I think that will will help out. Mm-hmm. But that's a that's that's a topic for another day. I think. Well, this is a, you know, it's a tough situation. I I, I learned recently that you had the donor, you know, lined up and you've got a date and mm-hmm. um and when is the date of the transplant? Uh, currently scheduled for June 24th, and, and Anna Cannington is my donor. She's an amazingly strong woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, I did not know until. So she started doing the evaluation process. Right. So she's especially a blind donor. She's in the community. She's in the strong first community, which you know I'm a proud part of. Okay. And uh, and it was it was great to meet her and best compliment I could give our meeting when she came up for the evals. We went to lunch and we thought it would be awkward, and uh, neither of us sounded awkward. It was the most comfortable uh, thing. So we knew we were kind of a, a good fit there, and um, I'm, I'm honored. So she's in the Strong First community, and for those people that might yes. be listening and don't know, Strong First is a, a fitness organization um, mm-hmm. that many of the people migrated to out of the kettlebell community. Of course, now it includes more than you know kettlebells. There's body weight training methods and uh, Olympic yeah. lifting and all yeah. that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we talk about strength, and in, in, in the American fitness culture, I can't speak so much for European culture, although I think there are some similarities. We we're very superficial about, you know, um, strength and, and, you know, show and no go and, and what's really important. And I, in my opinion, as a historian of movement and fitness and physical education, a lack of, of deeper purpose. But here's an example of the, the strength conditioning community coming together for a deeper type of strength. And I'd like you to talk about that for a moment and address you know what? What was your concept of strong before this started happening, and what's your concept or realization of strength now? Oh, sure. Uh, previous concept was probably a little, I think, a little more advanced than show no go for me. It was a little, it was a little more like resilience, like what strength looked like, right? A robustness, resilience, sure, something along those, something along those lines. You know, toughness. Mm-hmm. Those would be the that, that's what strength probably meant to me, you know, 
Because you didn't uh, you didn't come out of the bodybuilding world. You came out of more of the Olympic lift or. Um... No, I came out of the martial arts world. Okay. Like I I got, I got into weightlifting from traditional kung fu. Okay. So like I came a very strange route, and I was kind of burned out on my kung fu studies. What led me to kettlebells, and then I got into like traditional weight training. I, I led with kettlebells, and then came into into barbell work. And okay. so like it's a very different journey for me. Than, uh, hmm. So that that was that was my path, and then um, but after this, uh, and I, I, I can probably point to the day. It was it was a day in uh, mid in mid August, mm-hmm. like where it switched for me. Strength was not was less about resilience, and strength was vulnerability, willingness to be vulnerable. Hmm, that's right. interesting. I haven't heard anyone say that. Can you say that again? So, like tease that idea out a little bit for us. Yeah. So so vulnerability is where power comes. Mm-hmm. We have to be willing to be vulnerable. Um, you know, we can we can we can break this down into like a fitness aspect of lifting weights, right? Right. You know, if you if you're strong enough to lift a weight, you can lift it. If you're not, you're not. There's a truth there. There's a, there's a purity there. Right. You can't fake it. I mean, if you're assuming good technique, you're not playing slot and all those things that we don't like. But there's a truth there. Like either you lift it or you can't. And then what what the miracle is this? You lift the thing you can lift, so you can lift the thing you can't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 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 likewise, I think you have to put make yourself vulnerable. And how I figured this out is is I was crushing myself. Like when I was in the hospital, and I was, you know, this is right past uh, the emergency dialysis. I'm in the hospital. I had been preparing for this mentally. This is the way I'm going to handle this thing. Yeah. You know, I've read all the Stoic philosophers. I love all that material. And I, so I had this idea, this warrior mindset in my head of exactly how I was going to handle this. I'm going to conquer it. And I was this way, and I'm going to be this great example because I'm going to act this way and be this way. Mm-hmm. And I utterly failed. Wow. Utterly and completely failed. I could not. Uh, and then the more I realized I was failing, the worse it got. I got on this downward spiral mm-hmm. where, like, man, I'm supposed, to be li- I'm supposed to be like this, and I'm not. And then there's this moment, and like I said, I, I, I could probably pinpoint the day that I had this, like, like this deep and overriding compassion for myself came. I'm like, man, like, you know, I love you. This, you're worth it. What's going on here? And from this place of complete vulnerability, it's just like, oh, okay. Um, just forgive myself and, like, take it easy on myself and have compassion for myself. Mm-hmm. And from that, like, that resilience that I was long looking for kind of came. And I got a lot more resilient. Like, I, you know, I mean, things bother me, of course, all that stuff. But, like, it got a lot easier to bear when I let go of those expectations of who I was supposed to be and just was. Interestingly, I, I and I'm just thinking as you're talking about this, and this is just my opinion, but it came back to Kung Fu, which is where you departed from. Because in a way, you, you went back to a feminine energy instead of this force, you know, masculine energy. And as, as we know, there has to be a balance between the two. You were willing to open and fail to succeed. Um, that's kind of just what I'm thinking as you tell yeah. the story. Well, here's the thing, Ron, is you can't fail. If you're in that place, you can only learn. Right, right. And so that so that, that was the big shift. Is It stopped looking at, like, oh, I'm not doing it right, so I'm failing. It's like, oh, no, this is not working. What can I learn? What can I learn? Okay, what can I learn? Well, I like that. I, I, yeah, cool. because we, so we miss a lift, let's say, if we just take it back to strength training. Um, yeah. You know, there's so much benefit in... In quote unquote failing or not 
not getting it or making a mistake. I mean, I yeah. I think, you know, just, you know, looking at my own life after the age of 50, that that was the joy of it is is uh embracing the beginner's mind and and mm. just being uh you know, enchanted if you will with all the things that I don't know <laughs> and and learning from them. So I I really do like that. That was an excellent share. That's worth the show right there. The just the the openness to be vulnerable in order to have that resiliency come through. Um and really that's a, such a deeper strength, I think. Um it's it's been a continual like feature, you know, just kind of relying on that when I when I when I kind of get caught up in the mundane of like doctor's visits and dialysis and you know, for those that haven't been to a dialysis clinic, it's like a surgery at a bus stop three times a week. The best way I can describe it. It's just not it's a, it's the world's shittiest part time job. You yeah. know, like there's just not much there's not much uh good to say about it yeah. other than it keeps you alive. It's not a place of healing, it's just it's just keeping you alive. Hmm. And um and so we, we, I've done a lot of work around that, and that place is, that dialysis has been a great teacher as well. Because what I had to, what I had to relearn is that, that we don't, that we take from there what we need, right? Right. And so it, we, it's a filter, right? So like the dialysis is a filter literally from my blood, but what I realized is that time there is a filter too, because like the most negative of thoughts come up, and you're mired here, everybody, not everyone, most folks are angry uh, about being there. I think there's a, there's a feeling of impotency because you're kind of tied down. Right. Um, there's not a lot of health to look around, examples to look at. There's not a lot of vibrancy there. You're stuck in a chair. They usually have a TV shoved in front of your face if you if you indulge in that. Um, it's just this uh, stagnant place, right? And there's tubes and noise and crappy yeah. light. And pretty hellish, I think. Mm-hmm. But I had to reframe all that. Just like my blood was getting filtered to keep me alive, I'm leaving all this here. I'm not going to take any of this. Um, I have a four-year-old son and my wife, 20 years, and I'm not going to take any of this shit home with them, right? So I'm going to leave it here too. Right. And so it's being a filter. Uh, a good friend and business partner of mine, Aaron Balch, uh, helped me reframe it. And we started using this tactic for a while. We stopped calling it dialysis because it was such a charged term for me. Yeah. And we started using the term uh, purification ritual. Right? <laughs> I'm going to purification ritual three times a week, right? Right. And we use that for a while. Now we can make now we can make a joke about that. We've got a charge around it, so it's good. But it was it was important to reframe at the time to find it as a tool to reframe. It's such a mindset. You know, I read this book. Um, it was written many years ago. It was called Three Thousand Years of Healing." I think that was the title. And of course, there's some wonky stuff that went on back in the day of you know, you know, lizard tails and all kinds of things that people you know, um, took to be healthy. But one of the, you know, the areas that the author delved into and, and cited throughout history was the, the power of the mind. And not that you can do everything with that, but there is a, such a strong mindset in, in even longevity and healing from serious things on just how people think about it. Uh, My daughter had a little, like a little tweak in her foot. She's a cross country runner and she was kind of dwelling on a very small thing, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> how you think about that foot might have a huge impact on actually what you start feeling in your foot. And so I, I like that you were able to, you know, kind of reframe that and use some terminology that had a had some positive benefit for you. I had a, uh, I don't know if I, I wouldn't even go so far as positive, but maybe neutral. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. I don't even want positive. I don't want to. Have, I don't want to. Be- 
external to like dictate mm-hmm. my energy and my vitality. Mm-hmm. And so if it was a positive thing where I was trying to force myself to make it look like a, a happy place I wanted to go to, yeah, that wouldn't work either. But like if it's just like a functional, like it's a ritual, it's a, it's a filter. Mm-hmm. If I moved over very functionally, it became neutral, and then there's no charge at all. And I could just you know, go yeah. do it and make the best best use of it. That's a word. Back to your daughter. Back, back to your daughter's foot. I did have a thought there. Yeah. like to think so but nothing uh, yeah. nothing we can create um, can't be destroyed uh, you know that's an interesting thought because I was having that same conversation with my daughter last night I've been thinking a lot of that myself lately is like you know doing the best you can with what you've got left I mean I, you know if I take my own life and I do did a lot of ultra endurance bike racing and some pretty remarkable things back in the day and I don't do those things anymore, but rather than dwell on what I can't do, it's like, well, you know, what can I do? Um, I think with what I've got left, I, I, I do fairly well. Um, well, I think that's really, it gets down to my, that's my current kind of like uh, mantra that I'm working on in my own life right now is that it's, there's only one goal for me, mm-hmm. which is to bring the best of me to what's in front of me in the present moment. Right. And so that's why I'm thankful. I'm thankful, not quite, you know, I'm not quite a morphology. I'm not quite in love with what's happened to me. But why I'm very thankful for this journey is that I've never felt more me than I do right now. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, I feel unleashed in many ways. And uh, I'm thankful for that. Do I wish it hadn't happened? Yes. Do I wish there was a better way? Of course. I mean, all those mundane things. But those, at the end of the day, that doesn't really move. Move towards anything productive, so I got to move back towards action. So, what actions can I take? Well, at every moment, I can bring the best of me forward as I know it and pay attention to the present moment. So I, I try to do that a lot. Yeah, Probably not very successful. And you know, life would be pretty mundane if we didn't have challenges and hardships. And you know, I think uh, so often, at least in American culture, speaking from the states here, current parenting tries to soften you know so many blows for the kids instead of that letting them learn from the hardships of um, yeah making absolutely them. everyone's concerned about like something's going to happen to their child they should be more afraid that nothing's going to happen to the child right right you know on this i mean it's, 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 it's a training environment isn't it i mean just what, what greg cook told us how coaching should be which is we just manipulate the environment you want an environment of challenge but not overwhelm right no and that's that he's spot on with that and that it, history would line up with that as well you know, I want to talk a little bit about the being positive mindset, because I think that's mm. it's really overblown. And I've always well, I won't say Agreed. always. I said at times I kind of got sucked into that. And then I, I just felt like it was a false, you know, like I'm much more uh, I think I have much more trust or 
willingness to listen to someone that is is more real and upfront and not uh you know everything is positive 100 percent of the time and if you ever have a complaint or it, a concern or you don't agree with something then you know you're negative nancy or you know negative you know uh, nate and you you need to leave the room so um you know just keeping it real i think is important and it seems to be you know something that you're taking out of this well, it's just, it's just it's exactly like that, the pressure I was putting myself to handle my disease state, you know, my healing journey a certain way. It's the same thing, expectation, if you're, like, forcing optimism is the same thing. Like, you're expecting it to be happy, and you're not, so you're, you're creating this dissonance. Mm-hmm. It's much better to feel what you're going to feel and know that your feelings aren't you. It's just, like, it's part of the moment. And right. Move to the next thing, right, and just take action. Let's let's loop back to the physical for a moment, and and Absolutely. and let's look at the biomechanical. This the the science of training as you've entered this last year, and it's gotten to be, uh, shall we say, very challenging. Mm-hmm. How have you adopted your physical training? Can you train? What are you doing? How, you know, what's the volume? What what are the tools? I think people would be interested <laughs> to know what you've done with yeah. that. So I have to say that my the, the science view of this is going to be very philosophical. So I hope you'll you'll pardon that. But like, um, basically, I'm guided now by vitality. Mm-hmm. If I have excess energy, I express it. And if I don't, I don't. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, not I'm handling things pretty well. Um, I do a lot of walking, uh, a lot of mobility work. But uh, for those that know me, don't I don't need much mobility work. I'm hypermobile as is. So it's not, you know, not the biggest thing. So I lift when I can. But really, I've gone back to Pavel's early, early, early work, like Russian Kettlebell Challenge era stuff, and the first book out. And, uh-huh. stuff. and back of that book, it's still my favorite uh, training template, which is 20 to 40 minutes, five to seven days a week, grinds before your ballistics. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I, uh, I, I I do that, but it's about 18 basically, and, and it's uh, not much volume compared to what I want. I just kind of do what I feel like, kind of that old-time strongman training where yeah. I do some heavy, grindy lifts, and I do some fasty, snappy lifts, and then, you know, and uh, that's about it. The only thing I'm consistent on is I have pull-ups. I have a pull-up bar out my back door, and I hit those every morning pretty consistently. Um, but other than that, I don't do anything consistently. I just, uh, just do those things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a vibration plate. I get on that uh, several times a day. Because one of the things that happens when your kidneys shut down, of course, is that uh, you tend to get anemic. You start making EPO, and so vibration can stimulate EPO production. So um, that's interesting. That. So, yeah, so. the the whole vibration thing is, but we could do ten shows just on that. You know, the history of that. So, yeah, so, I, so I, I hit that, and I, I have my kettlebell close to my office to my vibration plate. So I'll, you know, I won't lift in that because I don't want to disrupt my I don't want to disrupt my skill movement. Right, I don't want to disrupt that. Those neural patterns of right, lifting, right, about vibrating, but I will get I will get a weight overhead, and then get on the vibration plate and stuff like that. And uh, I think those things have helped. Um, it's uh, at least it keeps me, it keeps me in the game, so to speak. Yeah, it keeps me neurally engaged, and cognitively engaged with with the activity of lifting. And um, I'm optimistic, like post transplant, like I already have my you know heaven week out <laughs> plan, you know, yeah. start and. Uh, and we'll see if, that, if I can do that or not. But, but I'm in it for the long game, man. I'm in it for vitality. Um, 
this show I've been backing it for resilience, but vitality is what it is, you know, why I left now. Now, has the... I do uh, I do like the I do like the I must mention too I do the original strength uh, reset I do those as well okay some things like you know um, crawling patterns crawling patterns I think they're going to be huge post transplant so I'm just kind of increasing the groove there quite a bit with those okay um, have with your kidney problems have has it affected your body in terms of like I just can't do this anymore because of this type of pain or well, how's it affected your I know we're talking more in the physical realm, maybe. Although, yeah, just it's, it's more, it's, it's more. Uh, you know, there, there's a there's when you're on dialysis specifically, it's real easy to lose muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am the smallest human. I thought I was kind of laughing to myself when you mentioned me as a bigger guy. Like, you know, I wear <laughs> size medium. I wear size medium shirts now, and I'm in a thirty pant. I don't know if I'm a bigger guy. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's yeah. a different different um, shape of Dustin. A, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think when you saw me, I was two seventy. I'm you know. I'm Two oh two now. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, so uh, yeah, I'm different, different, different animal, but you know, smaller animals are healthier on the kidneys, so right. It's okay too. Right. So, what are the chances? I mean, just looking at your your transplant, what, talking percentages. How does it, you know? How does that look? And how what you being a health and fitness person coming into this with a, a vastly different mindset than many folks would with your background. Do you have a number? I mean, what? what how, like, do like gonna, how, survive, how do you think it's going to go? Like, how do you think it's going to go? Survive? What do you? What do you? What do you like, um, how successful are they usually going to be? Oh, very, very. Like, you know, they have it down there. Very good. And I have one of the. Uh, I was listed for transplant at the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale, and then at Baptist Integris in Oklahoma City. So, two of the best places in the world um, to get it done. And so, like, it's with a living donor uh, at Integris, the success rate is in success, meaning, like, kidney viable after five days, uh, over 97%. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're you're pretty optimistic that, you know. With a live, with a live donor, absolutely. Okay. The, the other option is getting waiting for a cadaver donor. And the big difference there, too, is besides waiting on the list for a cadaver donor and not knowing called and not knowing the condition of the kidney, the, the, it's, it's significantly less. Your, your the survivability of the kidney and the amount of medication you have to take post transplant is is doubled, right? Hmm. And I mean the, the the bill for the financial bill is three to five thousand a month post transplant for for drugs, right? Which wow, is ridiculous. Yeah, Medicare will pay for it for three years and, and and they don't, and so that's one of the big obstacles for a, for a lot of folks. There is a, there is a, some movement where that will be covered for life uh, now. Hmm. Hopefully that goes through. And of course, there's there's foundations and, mm-hmm. and things that to alleviate that. But so have, having that financially is great. But also, just I don't have to. I won't, likely won't have to take uh, prednisone for the rest of my life. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. I won't have all those all those uh, negative effects from that. Yeah. And so there's just there's a ton of other drug options or drug possibilities now after that. And then also with a living donor, you're more likely to be able to qualify for the stem cell therapy they're doing post transplant. Right. Which eliminates which almost eliminates the rejection drug uh, completely is what they're doing now through stem cell therapy post-transplant. So hopefully with my health and uh, quote-unquote health and, and this uh, healthy kidney, I should be able to qualify for that eventually, and that'll be a regular thing for people. Well, I have some pretty good contacts in, in that end of the world. There's a lot of shams out there, but um, we can talk about that later if you know awesome. you get to that point for sure. 
Um, yeah, I've, I've, I think I've, I may have been on the scam side of things. I've, I've done some stem cell therapy. Like, you know, I've done about not everything, but I've done a huge number of things and spent a lot of money. Yeah, trying to figure out like a way around this before it got to this point. Right, and uh, and that was one of them. That was kind of a, a, a certainly a, throwing a dart at a dartboard. Yeah, the dark night well, facing the wrong way. Well, I think I think you know if you go to the right organization there's definitely some amazing uh agreed benefits but there's a lot of sharks in the water as with the fitness industry you know and uh, unfortunately there's not many ethical concerns with a lot of those folks so so that sounds good i mean i i you know i I didn't know that um coming in that that the you know you have a lot working in your in your benefit and your surgery will be in scottsdale you said no that was one that was one of the places i was listed i'm actually we actually gonna get uh, the surgeon will be in Oklahoma City at the Baptist Integrist Hospital. Okay. Be in Oklahoma City, which is closer to home. Yeah, my wife's. Actually, my wife's going to be there. Um, she's from Tulsa, as you know, and she's flying in about the same time you're having the surgery for ten days. So she'll be giving you some Oklahoma vibes while you're there. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we. You know. We got to talk about real strength and, and just real life today. I know my wife went through, you know, open heart surgery, and and uh, the strength community didn't. I mean, and just this is just my opinion. It, it, I don't think anybody really cared about the deeper strength. It was so superficial. So it's nice to come in mm-hmm. and talk to you about you know beyond the barbell, if you will. And, right. and how, yeah, that's important to us, of course. But Well, well strong, strong First has a code, and the code is, I'm a student of strength. I'm a quiet professional. Strength has a greater purpose. Yes, yes. And I think that strength has a greater purpose. Is, I think that's being fulfilled here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking, I'm talking about Anna mm-hmm. and, like, you know, and her willingness. And, uh, right. Her drive to have to see this done. I mean, she's been so tenacious. I mean, she's she applied. I've been attached to several different uh, kidney uh, kidney transplant centers. Like one of them was here in Tulsa, and it closed, and uh-huh. all this stuff. Yeah. And she's been attached to several of them, and she just kept pushing through until like you know to do it. So like, kind of honor her for that. Yeah. Well, good for her, and good for you, and good good for a deeper purpose beyond just what we see in the mirror because uh if that's all it is that's not much you know yeah agreed and uh agreed. and that's fleeting right i mean we know it goes away especially as we're getting older here it's like yeah maybe that maybe that uh east plus press doesn't look so impressive anymore <laughs> right you know hey no one gets out alive not even jack lane you know <laughs> so Hey, well, do uh, you have anything else to add, Dustin? I mean, this has been a very enlightening show just to me personally, and I, I'm hoping that people will take it to heart and think about it when they get into the bar, you know? No, I think, uh, you know, this this journey is, I'll just kind of close with this, that, you know, this journey's kind of circled me around. Like, I'm still in the fitness world. I'm still proud to be first, strong first, obviously, by my language today. But, mm-hmm. but I've also, it's revealed to me, like, a little a, di- a different path, and I've moved to a different style of coaching where, you know, I got I went in March and got Gallup certified with the Clifton Strengths, which is a which is a talent assessment, uh, focusing on what's right with people and how to coach around that. Mm-hmm. And so I do that coaching now, primarily. And I, I looked at this because you know, post transplant, I'm basically going to be in quarantine for a while, so I needed something I could do um, 
you know, basically from my house to what I was looking for. Right. So, like I've been doing coaching via Zoom, you know, so I coach people all over the the nation, and um, it's been great. You know, like they call in, we we work on what's uh, what's right with them, and see where they can aim that. Yeah, that's very empowering process. That's one of the things I wanted to touch on before we left today is, um, you know, what you're doing now and how people can reach. Do you have some contact or a website? Or a, sure, it's, it's really simple, DustinRipiteau.com. So if you can spell the last name, it's like you're downhill from me. So just DustinRipiteau.com is my website. Of course, I'm easy to catch on Facebook as well. Yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll hook up the links on the show when I post it in the iTunes library okay. so people can, you know, just click and go right. I had to ask you, though, your your last name is Ripto, R-I-P-P-E. T-O-E. It's a very interesting yes, name. So where did that name come from? Uh, we originally were told, or not originally, but for a long time we were told it was French Huguenot, but it's actually Italian. We did a little more digging. Okay. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's an interesting name. I just, I just one of the questions I want to ask. It used to be spelled, you can probably imagine how it used to be spelled. Right. You know? Yeah. Probably without the T-O-E, and probably more like a T-A-U-X, probably. Okay, yeah. It got Americanized. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Dustin, let's do this. Let's plan on doing a follow-up when you when you come out of this and uh, talk about you know your your post transplant uh, training and and what you learned from that because I think that'd be it'd be great to hear Absolutely. the story. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to visit with you again. Hey, best of luck to you, and uh, we'll be in touch. And I hope some people contact you on the other side. And they can have the uh, opportunity to work with you as a coach because you're you're definitely coaching at a deeper level. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate you. Yeah. You've been listening to Lean Braze Radio Show at theleanbraze.com. Until next time, keep moving well to think well and live better.